0: Welcome, this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, the best podcast in iTunes. Seriously, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we are one of the best, right? There's a lot of really good podcasts out there, and we were just we were, we're just, just
1: reviewing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were just talking a minute ago about all the awesome podcasts out there related to real estate, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a one who is scared of competition or what does that word phrase go? The limited beliefs, something scarcity like, mentality. Yeah, scarcity mentality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like the
1: um the uh what what it, what would that be like uh a a long drawn out explanation of the scarcity mentality uh, limited beliefs
0: limiting <laughs> beliefs yes so we are we you know i am the best wholesaler in st louis ah. i know that but i'm not afraid of working with the other guys in st louis that are also doing deals so i you know i'm not afraid of competition i love competition because actually you look at these guys like partners, you look at them like, you know what? Let's do business together. Let's help each other out. And the, sure. reason, the reason I'm bringing all that up is because uh, we have a guest today who's starting his own podcast. And I'm actually real excited about this because this is Ken, Ken Corsini, who is, is uh, just one of the best, smartest investors I know out there doing a ton of really awesome stuff. And he's a great teacher as well. And I'm excited about this interview. And we're going to be talking a lot about kind of what he's doing, what his new podcast is going to be about, and it may it may just may be as good as ours, but I don't know. I, I doubt that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What Only a horrible time will tell. What a horrible way to <laughs> what a horrible way to start a show.
1: We are the original real estate investing mastery, yes. often imitated but never duplicated.
0: Right. You know, it's funny, uh, Sean Terry from Flip Two Freedom. There, there. Before him, there were other real estate podcasts, but it was kind of few and far between. There were the Real Estate Radio, the Real Estate Guys. Um, they're still plugging away. They're they've been having they've had a show for a long, long time. They're doing really well. And then there was uh, Jason Hartman with uh, Creative Wealth. Or that
1: was a recent interview we had.
0: Yes, right. So there wasn't much out there. It was kind of like Sean Terry it just started, and I heard his podcast. And I actually gave him a call. And we talked for I don't know it felt like two or three hours because we just had so much in common and talked about podcasting. And I was thinking of that, that at that time. I was thinking of this was oh, early... is that
1: your original conversation with Sean way back yeah, when?
0: Right. This was early twenty eleven. Wow. And I said, "Hey, I love your podcast, and it sounded a lot like this other podcast from the uh, Internet Business Mastery guys. Which any of you are, any of you listening are interested in internet business, you should check out the uh, Internet Business Mastery podcast. These guys have been doing it forever and ever. And I said to Sean, I said, your podcast sounds just like these other guys at Internet Business Mastery. Did you, because they had, they had a podcasting course at the time. I said, did you buy the course? And he said, no, I just, I just copy exactly what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I just take what they're doing and I copied it. And Sean was doing really well. He had about 10 episodes out at the time or something like that. And uh, it was shortly after that, it was Sean who gave me the idea of, of Real Estate Investing Mastery, where we interview people, because there wasn't a lot of... It, in fact, I don't know if there was any podcasts, real estate podcasts at the time that were just interviewing people. And so I, we owe a lot of our success to Sean Terry. Absolutely. Great guy, great investor, really great educator, and mutual friend of ours. So uh, here we are, four years later, three to four years later... Incredible. Yeah, and it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. I love this podcast. I love doing it. I love interviewing great people and learning cool things, and, and uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. But, Alex, how are you? I'm good. I'm good.
1: I actually uh, thought about picking up my first rental the other day. Um, no. I put a pro- yeah. No. I was going to – just because – I need some tax breaks, man, you know. All right, yeah. (laughs) And I was thinking that, you know, I could probably wholesale I I picked up this property for the uh ARV is 125. Um and I picked it up for fifty uh what was it? Fifty, fifty eight, fifty-eight five, I believe, which is, you know, an okay deal. Um and the interesting thing with this is that uh, the guy came in through one of my sites, my 1-800-Fair-Offer site. Uh, he called in and didn't respond back to any call, so I texted him, which is always a good thing to do, by the way. If yeah. somebody calls, doesn't respond, immediately hit them with a text, and a lot of times they can text you back and you can carry on the conversation that way.
0: I'm having my VAs do that right now. Very, yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the best way to do that. Uh, And he contacted me back and he was asking 65. Uh, So I talked to him for a little bit and turned out that he owes 38, I believe is what it was. And I said, you know, he told me about his situation, that he's had this house. It's been vacant for like two or three years and there's supposedly mold everywhere and all this crazy stuff. And I said, okay, well, I mean, from looking at the ARV, it looks like uh, we I, you know, I might be able to offer you $10,000 in your pocket. You know, pay off your note, give you 10000 in your pocket. Is that something you would consider? And he said, yeah, I guess, it, yeah, I probably would. And I said, okay, well, if you want, I can send you an agreement for that right now. And uh, when I look at it, we can confirm it. He's like, well, I don't really want to commit myself to anything kind of thing. So I set the appointment. I went out there and met him and he gives me a mask before going in the house, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I go in the house and there really is no mold everywhere, but the ceiling is on the floor in the living room because they had a water problem, but there was no mold anywhere. In fact, I really didn't need the mask at all, but I kept it on, you know, just for, for giggles yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it it helped the dramatic effect. Right. So, <laughs> After we walked around, came outside, and I said, Okay, uh, you know, I would be comfortable giving you the 10,000 that we had talked about. And then he tried to go up on me. He goes, Well, how about 20,000? I'm like, Oh, man. He's like, Well, if you get if if you're only offering 10,000, I'm gonna have to think about it for a week. I'm like, Oh, no. So, (laughs) so I said, Okay, we got to close this thing now because it's an internet lead, and internet leads are very competitive, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm here. I came out here. I can make this happen. How about we just, I give you five extra thousand, 15 above what you have and we'll call it a day. He's like, well, if you can do five, if you can do an extra, I love this line, right? If you can do 15, you can do 20, right? Oh yeah. You, you ever hear that one? Uh huh. <laughs> I said, no, man, it doesn't work that way. I, you know, it's uh. If I I can do fifteen five thousand is a big spread especially on a tight deal like this he's like oh, oh I really need twenty he said listen if you give me seventeen five or seventeen I will close the deal today I said all right man and I you know acted like it hurt and all that stuff and I said okay good for seventeen you. and we'll close it today so so you're
0: you're all in it for what after fixing uh, it
1: up you mean after I fix it up yeah uh well for fifty eight uh, or thirty thirty eight or I uh, buy for fifty eight I could probably put ten thousand into it, you know, so what will I rent for at least a thousand a month okay so you know, and I look at it and I say, I could probably wholesale it and make five or six thousand, or I could rehab it and make twenty five thousand and I was like, but if I rent it and it, and I am looking <clears throat> to go down that path. If I rent it, you know, twenty five thousand in profit after taxes gets eaten up very, very quickly, where this thing could generate me, you know, a thousand dollars a month for quote unquote life, right? Yeah. So, so I am contemplating on it. I haven't fully committed to it, but I'm entertaining
2: it. We
0: well, you know Ken Ken does a lot of turnkey rentals. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Ken, are those good numbers?
2: Yeah, those are I mean, those are solid numbers. But you're you're in it for what's
0: sixty eight.
2: Fifty eight
0: fix up for 10, 68. Yeah, yep,
2: seventy grand at the end of the day with a thousand. Yeah, those are strong. I mean, in Atlanta, I jump on those all day long.
0: Nice. Well, cool. We'll get to Ken in just a minute. I want to read some reviews because we sure appreciate all of you guys that leave reviews, and it helps with the rankings in iTunes. It helps uh, with just makes us feel nice, warm and fuzzy. Oh when yeah, you, when you it's leave us happening. good reviews. But uh, this is a great review by uh, V Martinez. Bursting with workable ideas, five stars. Great podcast. I'm a realtor who enjoys learning all about aspects, all aspects of real estate, and I've really enjoyed learning about wholesaling and creative financing. Your interview with Will Velasquez was one of my favorites. Thanks, V. Martinez. We appreciate that. We got one more here I'll read. How old was that, Joe? Uh, we you know we've done. I think we've interviewed him twice, but at least a couple years. Wow. Yeah, I like Will a lot. I just talked to him Good guy, yeah. a week ago. Still crushing it in, in Salt Lake City, and he's doing some really cool internet stuff right now. Uh, I won't I won't talk about it, but it's crazy what he's doing. Um, For sellers? No, well, he's still doing real estate, but he's got some businesses on the side making money selling oh. selling uh, t shirts. T shirts on the internet. That thing. <laughs> All right, we'll stop there. <laughs> well, he, uh, he's he's making close to six figures. Uh, I wow. mean, five five figures a month. Wow. Is that right? Almost five figures a month. Right. One, two, three, four, five. All right. So uh, great guy, though. And he's still doing a lot of real estate. He's just he's got a lot of time on his hand. That's what happens when you make a lot of money doing real estate. You're like, well, what else could I do? But uh, anyway, this is another review from J-A-L-E-S-I-0-2. One of the best real estate investing podcasts out there. Five stars. I've been listening for three months now, and I have to admit, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I learn something new every episode. I sure appreciate that. Thanks. I want to tell you one more thing, too, because we were talking about deals, and then we'll get to Ken. Um, just the other day, this is so cool, I was sitting down having dinner with my family, and you know what I just realized? I'm admitting to actually looking at my phone while I'm eating dinner with my family. So maybe I shouldn't talk about that. I was sitting down eating dinner oh, with Joe, my family.
1: That's a mortal sin, right there.
0: Oh, I got a text from my wholesaling guy, my wholesaling Uh-oh. business partner here, and it said, uh, close the deal for a profit of thirteen thousand five hundred today. Your check is on its way." That's a nice. But that's a good damn. text. But yeah, you should not have your phone on or with you while you're eating dinner with your family. So,
1: I'm guilty of that. Yeah,
0: I'm, I just realized that I shouldn't brag about that. I, (laughs) but that was a good text, right? I love those texts. You get this text from your, from your business partner, your wholesaling bird dog, your wholesaling boots on the ground guy. Hey, we just did a deal. So him and I split that 50 50. And I was about, it was a couple hours before I did a webinar about this very topic. And it's just, I love this business. I love this business and it's legit. I mean, the guys that we interview on this show are really doing deals. Alex and I are really doing deals. This is not something that we're just... Are we really? Yeah, we really are. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Ken Corsini. A lot of you guys know about Ken from Bigger Pockets. Bigger Pockets is a website. If you haven't ever seen it, you should go check it out. BiggerPockets.com. They have a great podcast. We just interviewed Brandon Turner, one of the guys over there. Great guy. He's got a really good book he just came out with. Ken Corsini is a regular contributor on the bigger pockets blog, he also has a podcast he's coming out with called Deal Farm, and I believe your website Ken is going to be dealfarm.net, is that right? That's right. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit about what the podcast will be about. Talk a little bit about Ken you have a business in Atlanta and you sell a lot of turnkey properties, is that right?
2: Yeah, we so we started out as a turnkey company. And then it's sort of morphed over the years. I mean, we're like a lot of other investors. We do a little bit of everything. But, um, you know, where two, three years ago, 90% of my business was turnkey. And and by turnkey, what I mean is we we find the properties that are distressed. We fix them up with our money. We put tenants in place. And then we sell them to other investors as a turnkey cash-flowing investment. And that's been sort of our bread and butter for so many years. And then just here recently, really in the last year or two, as the market sort of shifted in Atlanta, we've gotten into wholesaling. We've done a number of fix and flips. We're doing new construction now. So we we really do a little bit of everything. But um, yeah, at our core, we're still a turnkey group.
0: I'm just curious because I've heard from other people around the country that that's kind of slowing down for them as well. Do you Is it slowing down or are you just intentionally not focusing on that as much anymore?
2: You know, it's it It did slow down a little bit for us last year, but at the same time the Atlanta market heated up, so there was actually a lot of opportunity for us to to get better margins with the fix and flip so it was a little bit of both. The other thing I'm finding is it seems like there's a lot of investors nationwide that are gravitating towards sort of the secondary markets, the midwestern markets with the really inexpensive properties and the and what looked you know looks to be real high cash flow okay. in, in in lieu of some of the appreciation markets like Atlanta
0: so you would call Atlanta. You can get good cash flow there, but it's probably more of an appreciating market than something like Indianapolis or Cincinnati or
2: St. Louis would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Atlanta's probably got the benefit of having both cash flow and appreciation, uh, where some of those smaller tier markets are really just cash flow markets, but it's, it's very strong cash flow. What is
0: the website? Do you mind sharing the website of your real estate investment company?
2: Sure. The, yeah, it's GAinvesting.com. It's just kind of funny because so my email is ken at ga dot com, and everybody that looks at it thinks it's gain investing,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> which and at this point it's a little too late to change the domain because it's ranked so well. But it's actually ga investing dot com. Gain in gain investing. Yeah, people think gain investing, <laughs> oh, and I not. get it. If you just glance <laughs> at it, it looks like. Uh, gain investing.
1: well like gains you're gaining something you could think that way which would be better
2: (laughs) i mean it does i when you glance at it it looks like gain vesting
0: i just got
2: i just got tired of correcting
0: people Uh, it's just ga investing at least it's not g-a-y oh it sounds like that that's what's funny edit edit (laughs) the uh we know we know the story
2: you know how it goes.
0: So uh, that's crazy. Now, you, uh, how long have you been doing real estate then?
2: So I got into real estate full time in 2005. So yeah, I'm going on 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So you got in right when the market was really hot. I did, man. I'm, I'm in my late 20s, and I leave my corporate job to get into real estate. And you know, I was actually really fortunate because the first couple years, I was doing assignments. I wasn't actually really buying much myself and then all of a sudden the market, you know, downturn, and all these guys around me that were buying all this real estate, they were getting crushed. And I was young and hadn't really bought a lot. So it actually sort of opened up the door for me in 2007 to jump in and really start picking off, you know, these cheap foreclosures. And that's really in 07 08s when I developed the turnkey model.
0: Wow. So yeah. you were not you were just wholesaling and doing assignments. So you weren't really you didn't really get hurt by the by the crash.
2: Not really. I mean, one or two houses, I got a little stung on my first couple, but, you know, nothing compared to some of the other guys out there. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it really worked out. It's kind of funny, too. In 2007, I, you know, I thought I had this bright idea to fix up houses and then put tenants in place and then sell them and I'll call it turnkey. And, and sure enough, I thought I developed the turnkey model. And, you know, meanwhile, around the country, all these other guys are doing the same thing, calling it turnkey as well. And you know, it sort of came into being.
0: Well, you know, we were doing, at one time, quite a bit of turnkey investing here in St. Louis. And, I, you know, I think we, we weren't doing the same thing as you were. In fact, we were doing quite a bit less. We were actually finding the properties and then selling them to our investors. And we weren't even fixing them up. We would escrow the money. We would escrow money at closing to fix the property up. So we were actually using the buyer's funds to fix the property up and rent them. Hmm. And it worked, it worked pretty well. It worked pretty well. And we were doing that for about a year and a half, almost two years. And we found out that the, I thought, you know, we've got a couple of really good buyers and that would be, we're set, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But those buyers, sometimes they will lose interest in St. Louis. Sometimes they'll say, you know what? I have enough for now. I need to slow down. Let's get these things fixed up and rented out and then I'll buy some more. So we were constantly marketing for new buyers. And then all of a sudden, one of our active buyers who wasn't active anymore would all of a sudden become active again. And we realized a lot of things through that, but also the importance of finding a good property manager. And that kind of is probably the hinge for a successful turnkey business, having a good property manager. Yeah,
2: but absolutely. We
0: were, we were turn, I guess, quote unquote, selling turnkey deals, even though we weren't fixing them up in advance. Mm-hmm. We were helping them manage the rehab with our property manager, getting a good tenant in there. So what, for, your, for you and your business in Atlanta, then, are you providing the property management yourself or are you outsourcing that to another company?
2: So you're exactly right. I mean, property management's the linchpin to being a successful turnkey provider. And it, we found early on, we, we partnered with, you know, the first property manager, we burned her out. She got 100-some homes and she just imploded. It's just too much. And so we partnered with another guy same thing we get him about 100 homes and you know his service starts to lack and he starts complaining he's got too much so we realized okay this is we keep blowing up these property managers so i actually found one of the really good property management companies in town and formed a jv with them so that we actually have ownership and a little bit they have a little bit more accountability and that's actually worked out really well for us so for the last couple of years we actually ha- you could say we've got our own property management company Okay. So is he kind of in-house then? Yeah. So we've got one of their agents that you know, sits in on our weekly meetings, and you know, we've, they're obviously on speed dial. And the thing is they had the platform. They've already got all the people in place, the maintenance crews, you know, the software. I didn't want to recreate the wheel. I really just wanted to leverage what they've already got. So we basically just plugged into their system.
0: When can property management become profitable, or does it ever
2: Become profitable. You know, it's a numbers game for property management. I, I didn't really have any interest in being in property management from an income standpoint because it just you, you just have to be so big and it's so just hands on and intensive. Um, he, I, my I would say you have to have upwards of two three hundred homes for it to really make any financial sense to get into property management. I, I really got into it more just so that I'd have more control over it. I just wanted to make sure that the service I was providing my investors was top notch.
0: Nice. And sometimes you, you have to do that. Yeah. I, was, I was talking to a lady in one of my masterminds, and she had a ton of properties. And they always complained about property management. They always complained about how hard it was to find a good property manager. And then that once they found one, they had to manage the manager. And it was such a huge hassle. And then one day she finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to take this in-house. I'm going to hire an assistant and bring that assistant into my office and just have them manage my properties for me. And you know what she said? It was fascinating to me. She said, I, I was shocked at how actually easy it was. Once she brought it in-house with a, with a part-time assistant, it wasn't stressful anymore. She knew what was going on, and they were able to be a lot more proactive, not reactive. They were able to fix problems a lot sooner. They were able to pre-screen get better tenants, keep tenants longer, help tenants when they were late, you know, get caught up quicker. When they decided to bring it in-house, it wasn't this huge uh, overwhelming job that she thought it would be. Hmm. I think a lot of people are afraid of property management and they think, I don't want to do that. But really, if you had the right systems in place, you could get a part-time assistant 10, 20 hours a week that could manage your properties for you. And the same amount of money that you would be spending on a property manager, you could be spending with a part-time assistant that could do that all for you. And you have much more control and you gonna, you're going to find that it's, it's a lot easier to manage. And so she was saying, you know what? I, I don't mind managing properties at all. So it's about having the right systems in place. And I thought that was really eye-opening. If, if anybody listening to this, they have a dozen properties or more, you should just consider hiring a part-time assistant, a stay-at-home mom, or probably better to have a licensed agent, I guess. But uh, hire somebody, bring them in, maybe if even if they work from home. And give them some good systems. Go buy a course from Mr. Landlord or something and give it to your assistant. Say, read this, implement it, and manage all of my properties. And I bet you you'll find it's a lot easier to do than you think. Would you agree with that, Ken?
2: No, It's, it's interesting because I've yeah. actually – I've thought about that and toyed with that myself. You know, the reality is I think most property managers, you know, especially if they're a large property manager, you know, they've got individual property managers that work underneath them. And each manager is typically assigned to between 80 and 120 homes. That's per person. So if you're talking about maybe a small portfolio of, let's say, 20 homes, well, you can be a heck of a lot more hands-on with 20 homes than somebody that's out there managing 80 to 120 homes. So I see what you're saying. I think you're right. The story that you told about them, you know, being able to work through things and have better retention. I mean, I absolutely believe that that would be the case.
0: A lot of times it just comes down to having somebody answer the phones when a tenant calls. Yeah, That could be the difference between getting a, a trash property and a, a nice property. And you know what? Uh, I'm looking at something here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow everybody away who's listening to this. And I have the rights. Roll us away, Joe. Okay, listen to this. I have access to a a course called The Automatic Landlord from our good friend Todd Toback in San Diego. He wrote this course and gave me the rights to use it. And I'm going to give this course away to everybody for free who goes to our website.
1: Wow, that's incredible.
0: And this is a really good course. Todd actually wrote this course for his own assistance in his business. Uh, he owns, I don't know how many rental properties he owns, but what he did is he created a system for his assistants to manage his rental properties. And it's called The Automatic Landlord. Put the, down the paintbrush, boost cash flow, and turbocharge your investment. And I have the, I have the rights to this, and I have to... Uh, Joe, where can I download it? Well, you, glad you asked, Alex. <laughs> if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and look up the show notes for this episode, uh, let's just do this. Let's do realestateinvestingmastery.com okay? slash Ken. Okay? That's
2: a gr- great link.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it'll be yours forever, Ken. <laughs>
2: Fantastic. Uh,
0: you know, like he even has in here ads for a cleaning person, uh, ads for a handyman. Ads for landscaper. How equity works. Um, let me let me read this to you. Uh, how to do advertising. How how to systemize your business and get outsourcing. Uh, how to find how to show your house using the feeding frenzy method. How to select tenants. Fair housing. Uh, starting off on the right path with your tenant. Collecting rent, maintenance, late payments, and evictions. Outsourcing all your systems and processes. Move out, turnover, raising rents. How do you do that, and when? Uh, tips for final tips for automatic landlording, and then a bunch of forms, resources like an ACH form, the uh, maintenance and repair request form, move in, move out form, credit card authorization forms, eviction letters, uh, handyman contractor expectation forms. This is a really fabulous course, and I am going to give it to anybody who goes to our website and puts in their name and email in the show notes. So there will be, be a link on there where you put in your name and email, and I'll send this to you. How's that? Generous. That might just be as good as the Fast Cash Survival Kit. <laughs> Which we didn't, even, we didn't even talk about that. The no, fast, we didn't. Fast Cash Survival Kit at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Okay, so let's get back to Ken. Uh, Ken, you have – before I, before I want to get to your podcast, I want to ask you something about finding deals. What are you doing right now to find deals? What kind of marketing are you doing?
2: We're doing a little bit of everything. I mean, our probably our primary resource right now is direct mail. That's what's getting us the biggest and the best deals. Um, but we still – honestly, I still work with wholesalers. I've got relationships with a lot of wholesalers in town that do a very good job of finding deals, and they're very fair in terms of their markups. Um, you know, we don't – we used to crush HUD Home Store. I mean, I had – Custom built software for scraping HUD home store, and that is
1: gone. <laughs> it's gone, man. You know, we picked up.
2: I take we did. Pay, we picked up two last month, but it, it. We'd been in a dry spell for a while, so really, last year we really shifted our efforts back into well into direct mail, and um, really looking to grow that this year. But that right now, that's where the majority of our deals are coming from.
0: We wholesaled a HUD's property a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and did you? Yeah, I've been surprised at how many we are getting accepted. We got like five accepted and we had to uh, not sign the contract on three of them. We were just in it too high, but two of them we wholesaled one. And I think on the other one, we're there's some title issues that we're going back and forth on. I think it goes in waves, you
2: know, Yeah, it does.
0: It could be that thanks to Sean Terry who comes out with his HUD wholesaling course. And then, uh, or the other guy yeah, you
1: had a hand in that too you know i know
0: i know but there's this other guy um john john cochran good guy up in ohio who has this uh, another course on hud it's been like really really being pushed out there and a lot of people are getting this and then bidding on hud so it's becoming really comp- competitive but it goes through cycles and there'll be times when it's very competitive but then people think oh man it's i'm not going to do this anymore and then all of a sudden it's, there's hardly anybody doing it again. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage people to go, don't, don't just make that one of your, one of the tools in your tool belt. Don't totally forget about it. Except if you're in St. Louis or Atlanta, don't, you don't, doesn't work. (laughs) Don't do it.
2: No chance. That's right.
0: Interesting. So you're still doing a lot of direct mail. Would you mind sharing some of
2: your favorite lists? Right now, honestly, we've been hitting the absentee owner really, really hard. And we we'll, we keep pummeling them just because it keeps producing for us. You know, we did I did high equity last year, and um, we got some houses off of it. I just get a much better response ratio. You know, the other thing I'll share this: I was using uh, Todd Toback's mailer for a while, and it, and it produced okay. And then I just changed it up and said, "Let me just try handwriting this." And I don't even have good handwriting, and my response rate went, went through the roof. In fact, our last mailer that went out in January, it's a two and a half percent response rate. For, which for Are us you is handwriting the postcard? Hand well, handwriting and then copying it. You know, obviously, I'm having the to postcard. print it. Yeah, but the postcard is just looks like a handwritten postcard. And well, you to uh, have to send that to me. It's pulling, man. <laughs> it's really pulling.
0: Well, can you give us? I don't. I don't want you to give away exactly what's on the
2: card, but give us a general idea of what it it's, is. It's nothing special. I promise. It's just, okay. you know, hey, we'll close in five days. We'll pay cash. You know, do you have a second home or a, a rental that you're looking to sell? And I think there's a few bullet points that says, you know, fair offer, honest buyer. I think we have a little thing that says A+. Fair plus.
1: offer, huh? Well, I don't know who else would say that. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's trademarked. Stop. <laughs> cease, cease and desist. Cease and desist. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh and then I put BB – I did put the BBB on there. We're an A-plus rating with the BBB, and that may help. I don't know. We put it on there anyways. That's important. Yeah. Actually, it's but really cool. The first time I did that, somebody complained to the BBB
1: about my advertising. Are you serious? What? <laughs> yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, they, have, they do have rules about um, – Mailing? Yeah, like where you can put the stuff and where you can't. And
1: No, it was just because he got a postcard and he wanted to be
0: oh. nice about it. <laughs> Okay, so fascinating. It's just handwritten. Just handwritten, yeah. You know, it's funny too because we were just talking about HUD, you know, probably over the last year or two it's been really getting beat up and a lot of people are doing But, you know, here we are still doing deals on it. And it seems like with absentee owners, everybody and their grandmother is mailing to absentee owners, but we're still getting a lot of deals from it. And I hear people all the time complain about how it doesn't pull as well as it used to. So, have you been seeing response rates fall with that, or are you still not discouraged? You're like, man, I'm still going to do it anyway because people come in and they they come in and they leave, or they're not investors when they come in the business. That's the first thing they're taught to do, but it's also people don't stick with it, people aren't consistent with it.
2: That's right. Well, and people, my feeling is that you mail to one list and there might be a handful of people that are interested today, and you mail to that same list two, three months from now. It could be a whole different set of people now that are interested. Yeah. And, and half the time, I'll mail to one county and end up buying half the houses in a different county because that that investor happens to have a house somewhere else that they're looking to sell, not the county I was even advertising for.
0: So how often do you mail the same absentee owner?
2: Uh, I think we're going to rotate uh, every six months, something like that. Okay. There's and, enough that's the thing about Atlanta. There's enough counties in a, in Metro Atlanta that we can and we buy all over too. I don't I don't really care where I am in Metro Atlanta. I like there's there's you know benefits to being all sorts of places in, in Metro Atlanta. So for us, you know, fifteen different counties and I can rotate, you know, into the same county about every six months.
0: We see here we go, Ken. You're doing a lot of deals and and I one of my business partners, Peter, he is oh, I don't know, he's probably mailing thirty to fifty thousand postcards a month. You guys just
2: yep. right? So here you are. You're both doing deals. Yep. Well, and what's funny is and Peter and I not only are we both doing deals, yet we're playing in the same playground, but I buy a ton of houses from Peter too. Yeah. I mean, if he if he lands a good deal and I like it, I'll, I'll I'll buy it from him and he can make money and I can make money. I got no problems with that. I love it. I like
0: it a lot. So the key is consistency, wouldn't you say? Right? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're yeah. consistently sending postcards and you're only sending people the same postcard. I mean, the same Person a postcard every six once every six months i mean imagine if you did every three months yeah how many more deals you could do potentially would you say the other key ken is how quickly someone either answers the phone or calls that seller back
2: absolutely if we don't get back to them within the first 24 hours then they they get colder and colder and they get harder to reach you know then all of a sudden we're leaving two and three messages for them and i know you guys talked about uh Texting, we actually do the same thing. We have a texting service where, you know, if we get three calls in and we haven't reached them, then they go on a list where they get text blasted to yeah. call us back. And that, it's it's crazy how that awakens people a cold lead that you didn't think you had. All of a sudden, now they're responding to you. Are you, so how quick are, what do you do? Do you have someone answer the phone live? Do you go to voicemail? No, it goes to Ring Central now. And then, um, but we try to get back to them as quick as possible. So it's, if it's nine to five, you know, then they're going to get a call back within the hour typically. From, yeah. from somebody in my office. You know, otherwise it might be the next day. But yeah, we try to hit them pretty quick.
0: It is so important to answer those phone calls, and I, and I've seen that in my business. If my VA doesn't call them back within fifteen to thirty minutes, just I don't know what the numbers are, but it, the drop to, off is yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I just hired a VA this week, who has really good English. In fact, we interviewed uh, Robert Nickel. I don't know if you were on that, Alex. Um, just recently, and I hired one of his VAs. Really great lady, and I like her a lot. And she was working for another realtor, actually. And her whole job was as soon as somebody called or went to the website to put in their information, within five minutes, she's on the phone calling them and setting up an appointment. Very important. Setting That's up an huge. appointment, yeah. And so the, the wholesaler or the realtor that you're doing that for they don't have to keep the appointment, but that appointment is set. So what does that do? It prevents, well, it doesn't prevent, but it makes it a lot less likely that that seller is going to call somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Or, but you get them on the phone, right? And they remember who you are. They actually remember you call, them calling you a little while ago. So anyway, that is super important. I love the consistency of the marketing. And then you're having somebody answer the phones or call them back as soon as possible. And then texting. The, do you have is all this done in-house, in, in Ken, or do you have VAs that do this for you?
2: You know, right now it's it's all in-house. And and it's we're actually gonna experiment here in the next month or two, I think, with the calls coming direct into our office, have a dedicated line to see if we can't answer more of them rather than getting forwarded to call central just to see, you know, if our numbers go up.
0: You know, one thing you could do is uh we I like putting into my postcard, hey, call our twenty-four hour recorded hotline. Mm-hmm. because you get more calls when you do that. Um, but I know some guys who actually do that. They you put, think so? Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I got to
1: test it, because there are a lot of people that just put a phone number, right? And I don't know if the recorded message is, I don't know.
0: Well, you should test it. I have a little bit, and also Chris Chico has tested it quite extensively and found it does get a lot more. He Chico claims two to three times the calls. For a recorded message still. If the postcard says call our twenty four hour recorded message.
1: Yes. Interesting.
0: All right. I'll have so to check
1: with him on that.
0: <laughs> talking about our friend Peter. Uh he actually puts that on his postcard but has somebody answer the phone live. And Ooh That's funny. Sneaky. <laughs> is that I don't know. is that unethical? It could be. <laughs> well, I'll tell him that and see what he says. <laughs> But anyway, it uh, the point is you got to get them on the phone as soon as possible. And, and I've been having my VAs using MightyText.net to send the text messages for me. Because Google Voice has just been kicking and having a lot of problems with Google Voice. I hear complaints. Google Voice is kicking people off their system. But with MightyText.net, you get an Android and you can connect it to mightytext.net and then your vAs from the philippines can log into mightytext.net and send text messages for you from your android phone so i actually went and bought a cheap android and 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 bought uh, some unlimited text to so they log
1: claim. into the account online that's hooked up to your phone
0: yes okay huh. so my phone can be off it doesn't matter but that that have you seen call rail joe Yes, I use that, but CallRail
1: won't let you send text messages. I thought it did. I just saw a thing where you get in, and it shows respond with a text.
0: Well, maybe they changed that. Maybe, maybe that's maybe new. they did. I'll have to look into that. But the point is, what Ken brought up is real important. You, When you sell our calls and you can't get back to them, send them a text. And it's a great Absolutely. way to, to uh, revitalize a cold list.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
0: It's a great way to touch back with them. And it could be, you know, once a month, you take all of your old leads, send them a text or a voice message or something. Say, hey, we talked a little while ago. Have you sold your house yet? Is it still available? Awesome. Okay, Ken, so you're coming out with this podcast, dealfarm.net. I'm excited about it. What's that about? What are you going to be talking about?
2: So you'd mentioned earlier that you know I, I put out a weekly blog on Bigger Pockets. Yeah. And my thinking was, you know, I'm I'm already putting together all this content. Um, you know, why not repackage it as a as a podcast? I mean, I, I enjoy the podcast forum. I think it's a good outlet to discuss, you know, whatever the hot topic of the day is. And since I'm already developing the content, why not talk about it? The other sort of interesting or different bent I have on my podcast is that it's just shorter. My idea is to have A couple podcasts come out per week, but keep them between ten and fifteen minutes, and that's really just because that's sort of my lifestyle. It's it's tough for me to listen to a a one hour podcast as much as I'd like to, you know, with a young family and with work and with responsibilities. It's it's tough for me to, especially when you're not commuting. So I actually work from home. So you know, those guys that are in their car commuting, you have time to listen to maybe an hour podcast. But my thinking is just have a brief, just chock full of content you know get in listen for 10 15 minutes get something hopefully valuable out of it and then you know move on to the next thing and so that's sort of our thinking and so half of the half of the podcast is going to be sort of blog commentary of just whatever the content was whatever we're talking about that week and then the other half is going to be real estate stories and so we've sort of dubbed them best deal ever episodes nice and Joe you were you actually were on one of my episodes as part of the launch yeah. where we just talked about your best deal ever And the reason I want to do that is early on before I even got into real estate, I just loved hearing real-life examples of real estate deals. You know, for somebody that hasn't done a deal yet or or is thinking about dipping their toes in the water, when you hear other people talk about an actual deal, it's just, to me, it's inspiring and it's motivating. And so I want those episodes to inspire those new young investors to to go ahead and get into real estate because it does work.
0: Oh, I love it. That's what got me excited about real estate is hearing stories from folks that were doing deals, real beginners making money in real estate. Like it really can be done, right? Yep.
2: Yep. That's right. So that's sort of our thinking in in the podcast. And I think we'll probably launch in early April. We'll have about 30 to 40 episodes in the hopper to start with. And then, uh, like I said, we'll probably release two to three a week.
0: Awesome. I'm writing this down launching early April. Now, do you have uh, a theme on your blog? I'm looking here, you kind of touch a lot of different subjects. And by the way, if people want to find you, you just go to Bigger Pockets. And if you go to the Learn section of Bigger Pockets, you go to Bigger Pockets blog, and you'll see Ken Corsini as one of the contributors on the right-hand side of the website. And I think, I'm looking right now, yeah, you're You're near the top, one of the contributors. It's funny, Todd Toback is just now calling me. His ears are ringing. (laughs) So um, you're you're one of the contributors. There you are. And you can click on all your posts and see all of your blog posts here. The last one was about understanding the real estate cycle. Your long-term rental will perform better than expected. Here's why. External location factors. Could these buyer deterrents hurt your investments? Three reasons... You can't get started investing and how to overcome them. Ten reasons I'm thankful I'm a real estate investor. Cool stuff. So, do you have a theme that you typically try to that
2: you write about that gets you excited? Honestly, you know, I sit down to write a blog and it's whatever's going on in my business that day or that week. Whatever's pertinent in my business, you know, I figure it's real, It's you know something that somebody else can relate to, and so I honestly don't plan them out. I sit down, I think about, okay, what's going on in my business? What's, what's the reality of real estate investing today? And then I write about it. Nice. Yeah.
0: Very good. All right. So your podcast is going to be coming out, dealfarm.net. Your website is gainvesting.com.
2: <laughs> That's right.
0: Or if there are people are looking for cash flow deals, there's probably some place where they can go on your website and, and put in
2: their name and email to get on your list. Yep, yep. There's a properties link if you want to just browse some of the properties we're selling in Atlanta. Well, and, and two, you know, on, on the on the dealfarm.net site as well, we're gonna have a place where folks can post deals and you can browse other people's deals, you can advertise your own, you can advertise for investors, you can advertise for hard money. I'd like to make it sort of a forum where, where folks can make contact with each other and trade deals. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be on dealfarm.net. Nice, real good.
0: I'm looking at your blog here. You have a really interesting post on five reasons why newbie investors fail at wholesaling. Number one, no marketing plan. Number two, information overload kills productivity. That's so true. Technological distractions. Number three, I love that. I was just <clears> talking to a new student the other day and they were saying, Well, okay, I'm so excited about this business. I'm, I got everything going. I'm ready to go. And I have my Facebook page, I have my website, I have my squeeze pages and they were going on and on about all of his websites, technological stuff, you know. Yeah. And I had to tell him, "Yeah, that's not going to get you any business. It's not going to help you do any deals." But she was feeling very productive, and, you know, like but technological distractions number 4, no ability to negotiate and close. That was really good. And number 5, poor rehab estimation and after repaired value. Good stuff.
2: Yeah. It's it's been I'm actually it's been a while since I've even looked at one. It was sort of news to me. <laughs> I was trying to remember. When was that written? Was that last summer? The summer of 2014, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of wholesalers in that last point, golly, I, there's, so, there's a lot of wholesalers in Atlanta, and I'm on everybody's list, and I love to see what's coming across. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, literally 80% of what I see is garbage. It's yeah. people think they've got a deal, and they don't have a deal. I I mean, Nobody's interested in buying at market value or 90% of market value. So, you know, some wholesalers jump into this, but they don't know what a deal is. You have to be able to negotiate a real deal.
0: That's maybe a good way to end this podcast then, Ken. I mean, what somebody who is getting started, how can they find out what is a good deal? How, what are some ad, tips and advice that you can give to somebody who wants to learn this business and wants to find the good deals? How do you how do you do that?
2: You know, every time I've talked to somebody that wants to get into real estate investing or that want to get into wholesaling, I tell them to network. First thing you do is plug into a network of other real estate investors. If you've got a local RIA, find out who are the big buyers, who are the big players, find out where they're buying and why they're buying there. I'm sure there's certain submarkets within their market where they're you know, makes the most sense for for real estate investors and find out what the price points are. You know, what are they interested in buying Because typically, as a wholesaler, really what you're looking for is your buyers. Who, are, who are, Who's going to be on your buyers list? And if you can find the guys who are out there doing the deals, they'll tell you what's what's a good deal and what's not a good deal. They'll tell you, tell you where they're buying and where they're not buying. And then that's really where you focus your efforts and your marketing.
0: So if somebody came to you, Ken, new in the business, live in Atlanta, and they said, Hey, Ken, can I take you out to coffee and just pick your brain for a little bit? You'd probably... Maybe what would you say? I'm just not going to put words to your mouth. but
2: Yeah. No, I would absolutely sit down with somebody, especially if I thought they were somebody that could, could actually go out there and bird dog for me and bring me deals. I'd absolutely sit down with them Okay, and, and tell them what I'm looking for.
0: I guess my point, <laughs> you're supposed to say no.
2: <laughs> I mean, scratch that, edit. No, I would, <laughs> no. I would definitely not talk to them.
0: Okay. I was going to say, because, <laughs> because you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of requests sometimes from newbies. Hey, can I take you out for coffee and pick your brain? and really kind of what's in it for you. The better way to come to, to an approach someone like you can might be, hey, listen, I'm new in the business. How can I help you grow your business? I want to help you make more money. I want to go out and be a bird dog and find you deals. Can yeah. I take you out for coffee so you can show me what you're looking for? Now, do you
2: see the difference? Absolutely. Between- that's a much better approach. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, if somebody... Getting started in here, I love that idea of finding who the active buyers are, finding the Ken Corsini's out there in your market and saying, hey, listen, I want to help you find more deals. Can you just spend a little bit of time with me to show me what you're looking for? Show me the areas that you're buying in. What kind of price points do you want to be at? What are the good properties? What are the bad properties? And if I find these deals, can I bring them to you? So if you come to somebody with that approach, I think you're going to have a lot more success with, Number one, learning about the market, right? And then number two, finding a great buyer who's going to buy everything that you bring them because you know what they want. Excellent. And don't you think, Ken, if somebody starts bringing you deals, starts bringing you leads and they're diligent and they're working hard at it, you'll start spending more time with them,
2: showing them and training them,
0: you know, what's a good deal and what's not a good deal,
2: Right. Absolutely. It's funny because you do gravitate towards certain wholesalers. And I've got a couple of them in Atlanta now where if they get a deal under contract, they don't even market. They call me first because yeah. we've got a relationship. There's a rapport and some trust built, and they know what I'm looking for. And <clears throat> I know that they've got good deals. And uh, you'll build that with certain buyers over time.
1: I built my wholesaling business basically doing just that by getting in with four or five solid buyers and getting something and just being like, hey, <clears throat> Here's another one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Most of the big wholesalers, I know most of the successful wholesalers that we probably all know, they really don't email their properties out that much. It's just a few texts, it's a few phone calls, and it's sold.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Very good. Okay, Ken, anything else you want to add? Any advice we maybe forgot about?
2: Um, My advice would be to check out dealfarm.net. I yeah. think you're going to be inspired. <laughs> you're going to learn a ton and it'll be an opportunity to post your deals and and browse for investors and and browse for hard money lenders and all that good stuff. So check us out at dealfarm.net.
0: dealfarm.net. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic podcast. I'm looking forward to subscribing to it. And guys, listen, if you like this podcast, if you like Ken's podcast, if you like Bigger Pockets podcast, go to iTunes and leave us a review. It really is a way that that you can give back. We've put a lot of hard work into this podcast. I know Ken hasn't even launched it yet at the time we're recording this, and uh, he's already been working a ton at it. And so we really appreciate you leaving the reviews. Leave us a comment. Go to the show notes. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Give us some feedback. We really appreciate that. But dealfarm.net, it's going to be a really good podcast. I was actually interviewed on that. And I was going to think – I was just thinking too, Ken, you asked me about my best deal ever, and it was the one that I actually had right in front of me at the time. <laughs> and I have a better one. I, this is I wish maybe we would have – maybe we'll have to interview me again. This is so crazy though. I, we did some marketing this wholesaler called this investor called us he owned this property in the worst area and he wanted 15 or 20 grand for it and my wholesaler called me up and he told me the story he told the wholes- he told the investor there's no way uh, and the guy said look can can you i'll, I'll sell it to you for $1000 and my wholesaler jeremy said no way <laughs> no and he said listen let me let me do a little let me do a little research and I'll get back to you so he has two, we have two buyers that we know buy in that area. And for some reason, I don't know if it's maybe the, 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 the drugs they did when they were in <laughs> the 70s, but they'll, they'll buy those kinds of properties in those neighborhoods. We went by and, and told them to look at it. And uh, they came back and said, you know what? We'll, we'll take the deal if you give it to us. I mean, in other words, if you can sell it to us for $0, we'll buy it. So Jeremy went back to the investor who owned this property and said, "Listen, how much will you pay us to buy this property?" And the guy said $8,000. Oh my gosh. So the seller is actually going to pay us 8 grand to buy the property <laughs> and we're going to sell it to our buyers for $0 or maybe a dollar. I don't know how that works yet. Now
1: that is an interesting deal. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're going to make yeah. 8 grand on this deal
1: by giving a property away for free.
0: Yes. 8 grand on this deal. And there's the taxes are current. There's no uh, the title is clear. There's no uh, you know liens on the property or anything like that. So the seller's gonna pay us eight grand. We're gonna turn around and sell it. I think you probably have to sell it for something, don't you think? Maybe a dollar. A dollar. So can can you sell something for negative?
2: <laughs> I not know. Like I'm it. surprised he couldn't give it to the city. Surely there's a way he could have donated that oh, the, or the, something. The
0: cities don't want those things, man. They're, there's nothing they can do with it. There's so many of these properties out there that are vacant, but these buyers that we have, you know, they'll put a couple thousand dollars in it, paint, clean it up a little bit, and they can rent it for five, six hundred bucks a month. Wow! And they have the management; it's their own management team that manages these properties. You know, they're those are the kind of neighborhoods you knock on the door every week for the rent. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you you're not going to get it in the mail, you're not going to get direct deposit. You got to knock on the door and collect the cash. With a
2: bulletproof vest on probably as yes. well.
0: And uh and a hard hat <laughs> helmet. Yeah. So, but these guys will <laughs> do those homes all day long and and think about it. They're they're in it for nothing. Why wouldn't they take that? In fact, you could probably take that deal. The seller's going to pay us 8 grand to buy it from him. And you could probably go to the next RIA group meeting and say, "Hey, I'll pay you $1,000 to buy this property. Who wants it?" That's right. So you could yeah. you could actually sell uh well, how would you even phrase that? You you would get you could Now this would
1: up- only be in your area though. I don't I mean, this yeah. is what a blighted area. Yes. Maybe like Detroit you could That's do this big
0: big in. <laughs> well, every market has these areas. Right? So, but you could literally say, stand up in a REA group meeting and say, "Listen, I'll write you a check for a thousand dollars right now, if you will take the deed to this property and it needs a couple grand in paint and carpet, and you could rent it for five six hundred a month. Who wants it? So who would say no to that? So, we would still make seven grand on the deal if we, if we were. We'd sell it to uh, somebody at a REA group. Something to think about. It's <laughs> crazy. I'll I'll pay you to." Buy my house and still make seven thousand dollars on it. <laughs> anyway, anyway that's fun. This is a great business. Well, thanks, Ken, for being a good sport.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
0: You've been on the bigger podcast, Bigger Pockets Podcast before, right?
2: You know, I was actually one of their very first interviews when they were doing the YouTube, the video version with Josh Dorkin.
0: Ah, really? Okay.
2: A couple years ago. Right on. Yeah. So I haven't been on it since it's the podcast forum. Cool.
0: Cool. It's a great place to go get a lot of good information, but uh, go to dealfarm.net. Guys, if you want to get that landlording course, I talked about the automatic landlord. This is a full-blown course that Todd used to sell for 500 bucks. Uh, You can go to our show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com slash Ken, realestateinvestingmastery.com slash Ken. And we will have, you can get that for free. And we'll have the links to all of the different stuff that we talked about on this show. But thanks, Ken. We sure appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks, Joe. appreciate it, Yeah, Alex. great call. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care.